I would like to read before we pray from 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 May I ask that we stand up for it Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, from our hearts we thank you that we may be gathered here this afternoon here in the city of Zurich from various languages and countries to offer unto you worship and praise. We ask you, faithful God, bless us in a very special way. Let it be known that you are returning to your people, not only your word, but also your spirit and your mighty work in our midst. Save the lost, heal the sick, Heal the brokenhearted. Take care of those who are weary and heavy laden. Speak to us in such a way that we understand you. Make us still, very still, in your presence. For in quietness is your strength. Beloved Lord, You know all prayer requests, especially for the sick and afflicted. How often our faith is thrown into a severe trial. Lord, let us know your will in everything. As has been prayed, be with us. Lead us through this gathering through your Holy Spirit. Give grace to speak and grace to hear and even more, give grace to do obediently what you have commanded us. For only if we are doers of your word will your blessing rest on us. We place this gathering consciously under the blood of the Lamb and under the leading of the Holy Spirit 
and we ask you, faithful Lord, be in our midst according to your promise. Have heartfelt thanks for this, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Our dear sister has already left the piano. Then we will go straight into the word observation. But before that, we have a child dedication. And I was asked directly and consciously whether child dedications are biblical. And here I would like everyone to know the specific scripture. There are some, but I would like to read it from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19. Matthew, chapter 19, from verse 13 to 15. Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children. Yes, he should say, Come to me. And forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and departed thence. To explain this very briefly, everything the Lord Jesus did and that was part of the proclamation in his ministry and the preaching of the gospel is continued through the church. He preached the gospel. We preach the gospel. There were baptisms from the beginning. John baptized at the time of Jesus. It was baptized. From the time of the Apostles, there were further baptisms. We can trace all these things. That which was biblical is still biblical today. And so we can say with a clear conscience that child dedications are biblical. Even today, parents can consciously bring their children to the Lord that they be consecrated to God and that we pray for them and bless them with a laying on of hands in the name of the Lord. We are convinced that Hebrews 13 verse 8 is still true today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. In connection with this, and I hope no one will take it as a remark of unbelief. I would nevertheless like to say the following for clarification. There are diseases which by their healing are for the glorification of God. And there are diseases which lead to death. 
This is a divine order into which we have to submit whether we like it or not, whether it suits us or not. Until today, all people, even the holiest, the most righteous, the most faithful, have left this world. And we even think of Jacob, the man of God, who got blind. And one might ask, how did God allow this to happen to the man from whom the twelve tribes of Israel came? I only want to say it so that no one doubts the absolute justice and holiness of God, nor doubts their own faith or is shaken in their own faith. To it, I would just like to quote three scriptures very briefly so that you know that it is indeed possible when a certain age is reached for death to seek a cause and that illness can best help it to do so. Matthew 25 from verse 34 Here it says Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand Come, ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and ye gave me to eat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. Up to here. That's the point. All these things can happen to believers. Here our Lord says, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Quite amazed, these people asked in surprise, I read verse 39, When saw we thee sick or in prison? and so forth. And then comes the answer that I just quoted now. Don't you worry. Death is not yet abolished. It will only be swallowed up in victory when the consummation comes. Please do not let your faith be shaken. From the Gospel of John, in chapter 9, I read from verse 1 to 3. Maybe I say this or read these scriptures especially for our sake, we who are getting older and feel it more than the young. John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, 
neither has this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of god should be made manifest in him also this is a point we have it very quick in our mouths and utter it a suspicion when sickness comes that there is some sin or transgression it need not be but it can be and this is clear from james 5 when the elders are called and then it says if he has committed sin he shall be forgiven i read it from james chapter 5 james chapter 5 from verse 14 is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven him we must also touch on this very briefly when a person has become sick then he himself has a very hard time to believe. He has so much trouble with faith in that moment when he gets sick that it becomes necessary for the elders to come with faith and prayer and pray over him. And that's why it says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. But the prayer of faith does not come from the sick person, but from the brothers who pray for that sick person. Some, especially the young or those at a younger age, they don't know what it means to be sick one day. But now one more scripture, namely John chapter 11, probably the best one to read. John chapter 11 here it is, verse 3 and 4. John 11, verse 3 and 4. Therefore, his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. So there are diseases that lead to death, and there are diseases that serve to glorify God through healing. When praying for the sick, there should actually be discernment as to what the will of God really is at that moment. We as brothers always assume that it is the will of God that the brother or sister be healed. According to the word of the scripture, Mark 16, in the Great Commission, they shall lay hands on the sick 
and they shall recover. And from Acts, and by the hands of the Apostles, great signs and wonders were done among the people. To that we say yes and amen. In the same way we know, as I mentioned earlier, that all people who have come into this world will also leave it. And the way or the course cannot be chosen by anyone. One this way and the other again that way. Everyone walks their own God-ordained way until the end. Please do not despair. Please do not doubt. But be certain that we will only put off this earthly tabernacle and then we will receive a new resurrection body. Let us have wisdom and grace by the mercy of our God, so that no one may be put to shame in his faith. Have we all understood this? Then say Amen. I do not want any misunderstandings to arise. After all, we live in a direct time where misunderstandings are the order of the day. There is hardly a day when misunderstandings do not arise somewhere. Let us now please go into our word observation. I would like to read from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 in connection with the word that we have already read from 1 Peter chapter 1. And here I would like to read that one verse that is important here from 1 Peter chapter 1 only verse 5 who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in brackets at the bottom it says end time or last days there is a time for everything let me now read the parallel word from Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 from verse 19 For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. 
so far this wonderful word. Not only we, the whole creation is waiting for the perfection of the children of God. And we know that the perfection also includes the redemption of our body, the changing of our body, and the being taken up into the glory of God. To it, I would like to read a word that was read in our Bible study last Wednesday evening. Was it Brother Schmidt or was it Brother Rus? I can't remember right now. Here it is written in Colossians chapter 3. This is a word that has become great to me since many years. We are waiting for the translation. We are waiting for the redemption of our body, not the soul. We already have that. But let us read from Colossians 3, from verse 1 to 4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And now comes the verse. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. A very important word. When Christ is manifested in our life, then we also will be manifested with him in glory. We know Christ is the revelation of God on earth, the visible manifestation of God on earth. What are we to be now? The life of Christ is to be revealed through us. It is not only to be written in the Bible, but it is to be revealed in us. Now it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And what I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And the other scripture, where is it? Probably Romans 14, verse 7. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Is that how it is with us? Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Really being here for Him. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We have not just heard the sermon, we have experienced what was held out to us in the sermon, 
We have received the preaching, after all, is only here to bring the people who hear the word to bring them into connection with God. And from this connection with God, we receive what we have heard and believed from the preaching of the word. If someone is here today who does not yet have the certainty of having become a child of God, then you only need to believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, as the Lamb of God, died for you on the cross of Calvary, that he bore your guilt and sin, that he atoned for it and forgave it, that he took upon himself the curse and the punishment that should have hit you and me. And thus we have been acquitted, and by his stripes we were healed. If you believe that today with all your heart, then you experience it. We must have the experiences, not just having in view certain experiences with God, but we must experience what God has prepared for us and promised in His Word. And it is written that all promises of God are yes and amen. We come to another subject, not today, but God willing shortly. There is a lot of confusion about the baptism of the Spirit, about the sealing and about these things. And here too, with God's help, we want to bring clarity from the Word. But that will not be enough. We have to experience it personally. Through the personal experience, we get the right answer. Then we get the right clarity. And if there is then still a need of instruction, then the Holy Scripture is full of instruction. I read verse 4 again. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Coming back to Romans chapter 4, here I read verse 23. And not only they, the creation, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Here we touch the point for the second time. The soul is redeemed. There is no doubt about it. And we have sung, or we sing it often, I am redeemed, I am a glory in it, 
I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But the body, the body waits until the consummation of the redeemed comes. I want to read this also, namely from Ephesians, from chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians 1 verse 13 and 14. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. A very wonderful word. Here it is not just about the anointing with the Spirit. Here it is about being sealed by the Holy Spirit. And I may perhaps already emphasize this one thought. Only all sons and daughters of God can be sealed. Those whom God has foreknown, who receive the word of truth in faith from their heart. An anointing can be received by all in the entire charismatic movement and continue to walk on their own ways. But when God puts His seal on us, then this means that we are His eternal possession. It means that God knows that we will walk the way with Him until the end and reach the goal. Amen. Amen. And that's the kind of people God wants to make out of us. When you often see how, especially in the charismatic movement, no matter of which direction, everything is floating back and forth and dancing and making music, all that will stop one day, like the sinking of the Titanic. And then they will sing with the last trumpet choir, Closer, my God, to you, closer to you. That was the last song before the Titanic sank. There will be people who will indeed only realize at the last moment that they were in the wrong boat. But thanks be to the living God who has opened our eyes for the whole testimony of the Holy Scriptures. We believe the whole truth, not partial truths, not doctored truths, but we believe the Holy Scriptures with all our heart and with all our soul. And therefore, it is also necessary to read Scriptures in this regard very carefully. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, you see, ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel, the full gospel, 
the whole gospel, which includes everything, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Yes, such people God wants to make out of us, who walk in His ways, believe His word, and also respond to it. From Ephesians chapter 4, I would like to read Ephesians chapter 4, 13 to 15. Ephesians 4, 13 to 15. Here it speaks of the church and the ministries. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Perhaps this verse alone is enough. One hears in our days that people claim to have been manifested as sons of God, as children of God who already claim Christ has already come, and so forth. I most certainly mentioned it here before. I told a brother directly, as long as I am still on earth, the rapture has not happened yet. And, of course, he said to me, how can you say that? Yes, they even say the rapture has taken place. No, it doesn't work that way. The things that God has promised in His Word will literally happen as they are written in the Word of God. The corruptible shall put on incorruption and that which is mortal shall put on immortality. And then a mortal and a corruptible stands before me and says, we are already raptured. Not with me. Here people have to choose others. I almost gave an unnecessary comparison. Once more I may say, how thankful we should be that God has kept us sober and clear in His Word and also of a sound mind. If this is not the case, where should we end? No, the Bible says, be sober in all things, and so much the more that that day draweth nigh. Also for this sobriety, I am thankful to God with all my heart. Everything at the right time, in the right order, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I would like to go here to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and show you how Paul, as a man of God, who probably had almost all the spiritual gifts, and yet how he expresses himself so wonderfully to bring that which is for the edification of the church. 
1 Corinthians 14, verse 6. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? A man of God does not come to a meeting to present himself or to show what he can or cannot do and what he has or does not have. A man of God comes with godly reverence, with only one purpose, to contribute to the building up of the church, namely the body of Jesus Christ to bring words of revelation, instruction, and all that goes with it. Paul continues to write in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet, in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. Why do we read this today? Perhaps for the reason because many things are spreading in Europe. People are sending me newspaper articles with great things which are now beginning here with TV evangelists. And fortunately, without a sender, it's nice that way. Why should one always put a return address on a letter? Don't you worry about it. As far as I'm concerned, they can all present themselves. What did Brother Bram say over and again? Give them the word test. Test them by the word. Test them by the word. And if it doesn't line up with a word, then it's not right. Then the music may be right. But if the preaching is not right, then something is wrong. God is the God of His Word. And His people gratefully receive and accept His Word. Now I want to go back to First Peter namely to verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 1 and here verse 12. Maybe I also need to read verse 11 and also verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow.
unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. which things the angels desire to look into. What a wonderful word! The prophets had that which was to become by Christ, with him and through him, they got it revealed in advance by the Spirit. And then this wonderful statement, they did not minister to themselves, but God used them that we might be served, that we might be helped, that we might be divinely informed of what God has ordained for us from eternity in His plan of salvation. I don't know how you feel, but to me, the connections of God's whole plan of salvation are becoming clearer and clearer, more and more precious. They are seen more and more clearly in the light of the revealed word. And if anyone says, as we hear it often, we have the Holy Scriptures, we have Jesus, we don't need a prophet. Just imagine, if that had been said at the time of Isaiah or Jeremiah or Moses, or at the time of John the Baptist, or at the time of Paul, and so forth. I say this now, as an addition. If we really have Jesus Christ and possess the Holy Scriptures, then we will receive what God has promised with open arms and thank God for it. But if one only has the letter and do a bit of religious business and Christianity, as we have all experienced recently, is the best place to do that. When I read on my flight back from Romania in the Herald Tribune that the greatest TV evangelist will stop preaching, he only goes into politics. He needn't have started at all. Then it would have been better. If there is a divine call, then it's there. Then one can rather die than to loosen oneself from it. Here, I would like to read another word from Ephesians, where Paul also speaks quite clearly about this. Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 4 it says, Whereby... When ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Also here, 
in the New Testament, apostles and prophets are mentioned, to whom the mystery of God has been revealed. The intimacy of this mystery of God is probably not the matter of an evangelist, but it belongs into the realm of the apostles and prophets who have insight into the whole counsel of our God. Yesterday I wrote a letter to one of these great evangelists and just told him that I am now not longing for to see in Europe a Hollywood evangelization but a biblical apostolic proclamation and a ministry as it was at the time of the Apostles. Let's see what the answer will be. One has to wonder a little bit already now. But be it as it may, we have been given one thing along our way. Firstly, humility and gratitude. Humility that we had the grace to submit under the mighty hand of God and all He has decided. That is grace. Whoever today in this time can bow and submit, who can subordinate himself to God, who lets himself be placed into the course of the plan of salvation without resistance, such a person shall thank God by day and by night. For to you I can say, God has been gracious to you. To whom God is gracious, he not only lets him know his ways, he lets him walk his ways. He lets him walk his ways. He not only lets him know the truth of the word, he lets him walk in the truth. He lets him become a part of the truth. And here we come back again to that point. Not only proclamation, but experiencing, being a part of what God is doing in our days. We have understood it here, and for that I am thankful to God from the bottom of my heart. The prophetic ministry of Brother Brenham was a ministry foretold in the Word of God, belonging to the plan and kingdom of God. He did not serve himself, just like the prophets and apostles, but he served us, the people of God. And he did it in all faithfulness and truthfulness. Of course, we have to have wisdom here too, and not jump straight in, but first show the people the way to Christ before we acquaint them with everything else. I wanted to still read from Ephesians. Oh, this I read. Now Matthew 24, verse 47. A very familiar word to all of us. I read it with thankfulness toward my Lord and God because I know very well that we are living in the time when not only partial truths 
and patchwork things are strung together, but perfect revelation of the Word and the will of God. It says, Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods, not just over some, or over little or something, over everything. At what time? At the time of the restoration of all things. At the time when not only one-sided justification, one-sided sanctification, one-sided this and that is proclaimed, but at the time, at the end, when all things will be restored and set right. God will at the end prepare His table with everything. Nothing will be missing. Salvation, healing, complete redemption, baptism in the Spirit, spiritual gifts, resurrection power, everything that belongs into the Church will also be brought back into it by the restoration. Do you all believe that? I believe it. And I believe it because God has said it in His Word. You know very well, only because it's now, the last days, and really everything comes to its completion. Therefore the things are happening, which God has foretold in His Word. Had Luther or Calvin, Swingley, Schwenkfeld, who they were, had they expected what is promised for these days, for our time, they would have been disappointed. They all had their time, their day. The greatest evangelists, a Moody and Finney, who they all were, all men had their place. We say nothing against that. But we live at the end of time in the days of which the prophets spoke and wrote, days that many of them would have liked to experience. And imagine, if you think today how strenuous the journeys were 2,000 years ago or two or 300 years ago, and today you get on a plane in the middle of Europe and get off a few hours later as if a dream had passed and off you go with a proclamation. Some even asked, how then shall be fulfilled what is written in Matthew 24 verse 14 that to all nations and tongues the gospel should be preached for a witness. Don't you worry. Thanks be to God for the planes. Thanks be to God for the satellites. Thanks be to God for all the wonderful possibilities which we have now, provided the hour of God strikes for this. And I tell you this today, it strikes. It strikes. The hour of God strikes. If it is written in my and your Bible that to all people's tongues and nations the word will be preached 
then it must be done as it is written, for the scripture cannot be broken. And God takes care of everything. And the wonderful thing is, you can really relax about it. You don't have to worry about the financial part at all. God will take care of that. That's one thing I could rejoice and jubilate when I see how wonderfully God takes care of everything. No begging, no hidden or open hints, just a quiet trust in God. It is His business, His work, at which we stand, in which we stand. He in us and we in Him, God's revealed word for this time. And I'm telling you right now, I have witnessed it quite a few times, not just once, a few times, in the years behind us, over 20 or more years back, how the evangelist stayed behind the curtain until music and everything went its way. And then suddenly the announcement came, quite exciting. And now it is my privilege to introduce to you the man of God of this hour. And behold, the curtain opened and the man of the hour came. But the man of the hour did not have the word of the hour. He had no idea of what God was doing in this hour. And then again and again, the curtain closed before and suddenly opened. And then my heart rejoices and jubilates when we say in simplicity, without publicity, without great announcement, now the man of the hour comes on the scene. Now appears a poor man, not worthy to bring the word of God, but he appears with the word of the hour, with the promises of the hour, with the message of the hour, and that counts, not publicity, not Hollywood evangelism, but the true proclamation of the word of God. I don't know why, but our beloved brother is sitting here, who sent me my name and meaning a few days ago. Someone from Austria had already sent it to me a few weeks ago. I never wanted anyone to call me by my first name. Let it be so, Brother Harald. But as I said, and since I now know what the name means, I am no longer so averse to it. For the name is composed from eternal and to rule. Eternal and rule. And has the meaning to administer the eternal right. And that is not so bad. So what God governs, may God give it. Maybe I will bring a copy here. This is my only wish. More I don't want than to be a faithful steward of the mysteries of God as Paul wrote it, as a worker who rightly divides the word of truth, who doesn't need to be ashamed on that day. I have to manage nothing of my own, but to manage the divine, 
that which has been entrusted to us for eternity. This is a high privilege for me. May God help me to do this now and for all time. Is that not so? Yes, yes. Some people have asked me why I came to this earth as a Christmas gift and now I shall also administer the right of God. Very nice. May God grant it to me, really as to all the prophets and to all the apostles. This is my sincere wish in conformity with God, with the Old and New Testament, with prophets and apostles, in the light of the revealed word for this time to bring and carry the divine message to the ends of the earth and to administer the divine right. May God come to his right, to his eternal right with all of us. Are you not happy that we may hear the word in simplicity, believing it and receiving it? No one with reputation, rank and name, but with a message that has reputation, rank and name, a divine message in this time. Blessed are all who hear it, receive it and believe it with all their heart. God can only walk forward with them who receive every word, who believe every word, who in obedience follow him step by step and everything what could mean an inner resistance that they push it away from themselves and say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Help me and then I'm helped. Bless me and then I'm blessed. I'm waiting that the spiritual seed of Abraham, the sons and daughters of the divine promises, that they receive the promised Holy Spirit and that we really, without any own efforts, would become such a family of God in which divine harmony rules. People who in the fellowship of the Spirit are joined with God and with one another. As it was at the beginning, so may it be also at the end. Our Lord is the first and the last. He is Alpha and Omega. As He was at the beginning, so He must and will be at the end. What He did at the beginning, He will also do at the end. Remember the sermon of Brother Brenham. God revealed in simplicity. Remember the words of Paul. Dear brothers, I didn't come to you with high words of the wisdom of men, but in humility I preached the word to you. I went on strike once, and that was when a man at a promotion was given a doctorate of philosophy. I didn't know it beforehand. I only knew that there was going to be an event to which I was invited somewhere. And in the middle of it, 
I opened up the scripture in Colossians. Beware of philosophy. And you can believe me. I tanned the man's height afterwards and rebuked him because it's absolutely unbiblical for any man who preaches the word of God to deal with philosophy. I just can't stand it when somebody, not only the term, I give you an example. It's just a few days ago. There a beloved brother in Romania suddenly said, I hope he hears it. If not, it's also good. In any case, he said to me, Brother Frank, surely now comes through what is written in John 4. Five husbands you had, and he who you have now is not your husband. And then he says, the first church age is like the last, and the five are in between. So he fumbled the thing there. I said, listen, everything else I want to listen to, but no fantasy and no philosophy. I just want clear preaching of the word of God and nothing else. You know what I mean by that. I give it only as an example and nothing else. Let us remain sober and clear in all things. And let us thank the Lord for that what he has done for us by his grace. Blessed and praised be his holy name. He who began, he will also finish. Please do not become restless. Don't get into a hurry. He has already set the time. Everything must go as he wills. Heart be quiet, as a German song goes. Let us enter into the rest of God. Let us believe with all our hearts and let us expect that God will do what he promised. Blessed and praised be the Lord forever. Amen. Let us stand up and worship. Heavenly Father, with all our hearts we thank you for your precious and holy word. Lord, what can we bring you in thanksgiving? With what can we do even a small part to express our appreciation, our thanks to you? Here is our life, our time. Here we are. Take us, bless us, and make us a blessing. Beloved Lord, you know our desire to remain faithful to the end, to walk by your hand, to take your word as a lamp unto our feet. Faithful God, you are so wonderful. No one could have made it clearer to us than your Spirit. He has taken it from yours and revealed it to us. He has declared things to come as it is written. O oh, beloved Lord, we are not in darkness, but we may walk in the light. For thus you said it, He that followeth me shall not remain in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
great God, creator of heaven and earth, I know that we are speaking to you now, that you are paying attention to us now, that you hear us. I thank you very consciously through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Calvary, we have been reconciled with you and united. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the ministry of Brother Brenham. My God, even I don't mention it often, but I would have no ministry at all if he had not faithfully done the ministry you gave him. I would have no food to distribute. Beloved Lord, you have laid everything so wonderfully. Faithful God, you know my heart. I read two days ago how you spoke to him on the 1st of April, 1962, and he mentioned it, and to me on April the 2nd, 62. You said to him, store up the food, to me that it should be given out. Beloved Lord, you even ordered the time, made all things right. How can we understand it? You are God. You are all-knowing. You are faithful. I ask you, Lord, strengthen us all in the faith. And for the sick, we not only pray, we believe that it is your will, if you have destined them to live, that they get well. If you destined them to die, that you take them home. But Lord, we ask you, let us have discernment. Once again I say, if you destined them to live, you have destined them to be healed. We cannot believe otherwise, O Lord. If thou wilt take them home, thy will be done in everything. Beloved Lord, we simply submit without arguing with you, without quarreling, and we say, your work is perfect. Beloved Lord, bless us all now from the riches of your grace. Bless with us all brothers and sisters here in Switzerland in Austria, in both parts of Germany, everywhere, O oh Lord, where the tapes are heard, may all be blessed throughout the world. Bless Brother Barrier, bless Brother Genton, bless all the brothers who are selflessly working in the kingdom of God. Brother Foresteri, whoever they may be, Lord, Bless them all over the world and let us shortly see that you shake the heavens and the earth, that the difference is made known between those who serve you and those who do not serve you, as it is written in the prophet Malachi. Let it be known that we believe the promises you have made for our time in your word. Let it be known that we are on your side and that you bear witness 
to you, the Almighty God, be the praise, honor, and glory forever. Amen.